Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you. Hope you're doing okay. New York Vinny here with you on Drive Time Radio, our weekly chat about cars and stuff that we do every Saturday morning from 8 until 9 here on 1150 KKNW. We get a chance to present to you the newest in the automotive world, tell you about cars that we drive, stuff that's going on in the car world, and lots more. Whatever's happening, uh, we tend to sit around and talk about it here on Saturday morning like... uh, You know, back in the old days when they used to hang out in gas stations and talk about life and everything that was going on in in the world. So, we will do that. Hope you had a good week. In this crazy year, that, that stuff just keeps happening and happening and happening. It's uh, certainly, uh, you know, it seems like every time you open up the uh, computer, every time you look down at your phone, something is crazy is going on. Something nuts is going on. It's been a crazy week for a lot of people, and we'll try to get your minds off it for an hour or so. Sad note that um, we will talk about, though, uh, as we get the show uh, underway is the passing of the actor Chadwick Boseman, who, uh, 43 years old, cancer, colon cancer. And um, just sad, I mean, he played Jackie Robinson in the uh, great movie 42, the great baseball movie 42, one of the better baseball movies ever done. and did a spectacular job at that. He also played uh, uh, in The Black Panther, uh, he played James Brown. He played Thurgood Marshall. Played a lot of great roles uh, in the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And was just a, a, a guy that was going places and all of a sudden struck down by colon cancer. And the reason I bring up his deaths is not only because uh, I thought he was a great actor, uh, but I will take this opportunity for those of you who are out there who get to a certain point. Now, Chadwick... Bozeman was only 42 years old, which, you know, if you uh, subscribe to baseball lore and symmetry seems very odd because yesterday everybody in baseball was wearing number 42. It was Jackie Robinson Day yesterday in baseball, so it's weird how those things sometimes work. Some uh, places report that he was 43. Uh, I guess there's some kind of... um, dispute as to exactly when he was born he knew when he was born i guess he was there right anyway uh but i say this and i bring this up because i would encourage you that are listening to the show even um those of you who may not be at that 50 year old age uh that they recommend you get that um colonoscopy and you go and you get your uh your butt checked for uh uh rectal uh, colon cancer uh, to do it as soon as your doctor will uh, let you go and to keep doing it my dad had colon cancer and um, caught it early enough that he beat it and that is rare it's becoming more uh, of a 
thing that happens now because of better technology, better testing, but really if you can schedule an appointment with your doctor and you, when you get into your 40s and have them take a look, especially if you or your family or somebody in your family is, uh, is susceptible or has had that kind of thing, it really, um, please, uh, go get checked out. We need all the good people on this earth that we can get right now, don't we? I mean, we really do. We really do need everybody that's good-hearted and it's kind uh, and that can contribute to our society to stay here and help get this um, this world and this country out of its uh, out of its current troubles. I um now today I wanted to spend a couple of minutes because I came across <clears throat> a really good article on and I've been researching this for a while and came across an article and some other information about keeping your car clean uh, from coronavirus. Uh, We should always keep our cars clean. And the reason for that being, especially if you drive a new car, uh, and I discovered this many times in snow and and, uh, conditions back east especially, uh, but here, especially in the rain, the, the sensors that you have on your car, the sensors that control your safety systems, uh, the sensors that, uh, especially if you're driving a very new car with automatic braking and things like that, uh, that will help you in case you get into trouble, are, for the most part, work on sonar, a type of sonar, type of micro that comes out from these lenses that are around your car. And if you don't keep them clean, if you don't keep those uh, sensors clean, you can run into trouble. So the outside of your car is very important to keep clean. But these days, uh, the inside of your car is important too because of coronavirus, especially if you drive people uh, in a rideshare situation, especially if you... Uh, drive people at work back and forth and things like that, without a doubt you need to, um, you know, to uh, clean the car and make sure, uh, you know, it takes a lot more, especially when you go to the gas station. Now, I go usually to Costco to buy gas because, number one, it's cheaper. Number two, it puts up points on my card. And... They are very good. They have two or three people that are dedicated at Costco to going back and forth and uh, sanitizing the pump handles, you know, wiping down, spraying the pump handles with sanitizer and spraying them. But I don't count on that happening um, all the time, and I certainly don't see it at any other gas station that I've gone to um, since the whole coronavirus thing has started. So a couple of things that you can do um, with your car. Certainly, when you get to the gas station, uh, touching the pump handle, the payment keypad, other high-touch areas uh, in a gas station, like if you clean your windows, the handle of um, of the squeegee that cleans the windows, All of that stuff, especially the handles if they're wood, uh, coronavirus can live on, and this virus lives 
on surface. One thing that um, people suggest you could do, experts suggest that you could do, would be to consider carrying disposable nitrile gloves or latex gloves to use when you grip the pump handle or that window washing thing. At the very least, use a paper towel or something with you to cover your hands when you grip that handle. Also the same thing, at least put uh, a paper towel or something on your finger when you hit the digits if you have to put your code in or your zip code, as many um, pumps now require you to do to touch that pad because that pad with the numbers on it, that keypad with the numbers on it, uh, no matter what it might be, or that selector thing on the pumps that you select high test or regular or whatever you're, you know, whichever grade you're buying to start the pump going, uh, is another place where coronavirus really hangs out. And really, and even if you rub it with the paper towel and you break down the exterior of the coronavirus, experts say that it still is better than just touching it. And I know there's probably people that are listening right now and say, Vinny, you sound silly. Listen to you. You tell us to wear gloves. You tell us this. But people do get the coronavirus from touching surfaces. And it is everywhere. And if you are older especially, you are at risk. And if you're going to go out and live your life, which, you know... I think it's a great thing. But take the precautions. And if you're young, take the precautions so you don't bring it home to your mom or your dad or your grandpa or grandma or somebody like that. Because let me tell you something. The Christmas presents get less if we're sick. I'm telling you right now, kids. Um, but, you know, use the paper towels. Use I carry... Uh, a, a package of sanitary wipes, medical-grade sanitary wipes in my car. And I use them at the gas pump. I wipe down the pump, even though Costco wipes it down. I wipe it, I wipe down the handle. I wipe down the, um, the keypad. I wipe down the button that I have to touch to start the pump. And uh, does it get it all? I don't know. Does it make me feel better? Yeah, I think it's easier uh, to make yourself uh, feel like that. And then, of course, you know, you, you, you carry hand sanitizer in your car. You clean your hands after you're done. Uh, but, again, if you get it on you, and especially if you're one of those like me, that you're touching your eyes or you're touching your face or you're touching your nose or something like that, um, you certainly don't want to do that before you put a little um, hand sanitizer on you and rub your hands. I think that's the way to go. As far as your car, um, again, your frequently touched surfaces in your car, steering wheel, the door handles, the shift lever, buttons, touch screens, uh, turn signals, wiper signals, uh, wiper stalks, and things like that, seat adjusters, should all be cleaned. And especially if someone that you think may have symptoms of COVID is in your car. If you're a taxi driver, a ride-hailing driver, or you're driving a rented or shared car, it's imperative that you do it. 
And again, use the hand sanitizer when you get in there and before you start, before you touch that button, before you put the key in, just rub your hands up with the hand sanitizer and use it. Uh, what should you be cleaning your car with? Alcohol solutions that contain 70% alcohol are effective against the coronavirus. And the good news is, is most manufacturers say that nearly every interior surface of a vehicle can be cleaned with uh, isopropyl alcohol. Matter of fact, they use it in factories uh, that make the interior parts that are sent to uh, the manufacturers to room your car. If they get smudge on them or they get something uh, that they have to detail on it, that's what they use. So don't use bleach. Don't use peroxide on the inside of your car. They will damage your car's upholstery. And don't use ammonia-based cleaners if your car has a touch screen, as they can damage the uh, anti-glare and the fingerprint coatings that are on those touch screens. They sell special wipes if you want to clean those touch screens uh, at the um, you know the uh, at the supermarket. I think Windex. I think I have them here, as a matter of fact. Windex has electronic wipes for uh, streak-free shine. You can use them on TVs, phones, and you can, you know, cut one in half, slip it back in the package, and use it on your touchscreens and your dashboard in your car. Also, make sure the top of your dashboard, the top of your steering wheel uh, are cleaned with the solution as well, uh, whatever you're using, because uh, and the inside of your windshield is also a place because as you drive, your or your passengers are, you know, expewing. I mean, you're not socially distanced from your windshield. It's two feet in front of you. So as you're talking on the phone and as you are, you know, holding that thing up or you're sitting there driving along and talking on the hands-free, uh, you know, especially if you're getting excited you're spitting that stuff right into the right into the windshield, so make sure you clean that as well. So that's something, a few things you can do as far as uh, keeping your car clean, uh, and you know, and and making sure that uh, when people get in and out of your car, as they will in the summer, uh, and well in the winter too, but in the summer you're going on vacation, you're going to the beach, you're going here, you're going there. Uh, it's something that definitely makes a difference and if you stop you know and and if you stop one person from getting it you've done your job haven't you yes you have if you stop one person from getting the coronavirus if you've kept one person from experiencing what that is then you've uh, you've done a good turn in this world okay take a quick break when we come back we'll talk about I, uh, you know, rich people never cease to amaze me. People that have a lot of money never cease to amaze me. It's just something I love to watch. I used to love, uh, uh, you know, the uh, lifestyles that are rich and famous. The, uh, that, that, the, the guy that was on there used to, um, they used to laugh. 
at people who have so much money uh, that they don't know what to do with it. Now, I don't know if you're going to have to have so much money to know what you do with it uh, for our next segment, but I'll certainly give you a suggestion as what you could do with the chunk of change that you have sitting around burning a hole in your pocket uh, that has something to do with your kids, actually, when we come back here on Drive Time Radio. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Right, back with you here on Drive Time Radio, New York. Vinny hanging out with you Saturday morning. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. And we appreciate it on our uh, Saturday morning jaunt through the automotive world. By the way, if you are a Jeep fan, you are, uh, and you're a big, meaty, beefy, big and bouncy car fan, you're, you're, th- Oh, you're going to love this. September 3rd, Jeep is going to roll out a name that is synonymous with um, big Jeepy vehicles. How many of you in the audience remember the Grand Wagoneer? That uh, wood-cladded icon of the 60s and 70s that uh, was put out uh, first by Willys. When they had Jeep, and it continued when American Motors had it, they came originally with Buick engines in them. I remember I had one for a long time, and I think I had a 69 or 70, if I'm not mistaken. And it was nothing short of spectacular in the snow, nothing short of stupendous if you wanted to go up in the woods Nothing short of terrific if you wanted to, if you were riding with the family and you said to yourself, gee, there's a stream I'd like to ford. Would you like to, would you guys like to come with me? And all the little kids in the back say, yeah, dad, I'd love to. And so you drive the thing off the road, you get that little thing on the floor and you push it into four wheel drive low. And across the stream you go, scattering fish and deer and bear in your path. Oh, wasn't America great back then? 
Well, uh, the Jeep Wagoneer really came to represent the big SUV before anybody knew the words SUV. It was just a big wagon that took you where you wanted to go, no matter what the weather was outside. Uh, Gas stations used them for snow plowing. Uh, Farmers used them to get to where they needed to go in the winter. Uh, All kinds of people uh, bought the Jeep Wagoneer because it was big, it was comfortable, and it had that wood stuff on the side on a lot of them, which was... You know, just the tackiest. <laughs> I mean, it was great, though. You know, you had to, it made it look like a Woody. You know, the country squire had, it was the sign of the 60s. I think every station wagon at one point had that stuff on the side. It had to be wooden on the side if it was going to be a real station wagon. Well, uh, the folks at Jeep, I don't think they're going to come back with the wood stuff. So those of you who are hoping that those wood apliques, uh, that they put on are going to be gone. But the Jeep Wagoneer, the Grand Wagoneer, the Big Papa showstopper of Jeeps, is uh, going to be upon us on uh, September 3rd. And I'll post pictures of it as soon as I see him. I've already posted some to our drive time page on Facebook. And as soon as they reveal it on uh, the morning of the 3rd, I'll have video of it, and we'll put it up on the Drive Time website and the Drive Time Facebook page, and we'll give you the peek. And hopefully next week we'll have somebody on to, uh, well, I don't know about next week, because next week we're going to do our annual tribute uh, to America's work truck, the pickup truck. So, But maybe the week after that we'll have somebody on. Or maybe we'll have somebody from Jeep on talk about pickup trucks and we can actually ask them about uh, the Wagoneer as well. But if you're looking for, if if you are a Jeep fan, if you're somebody that, that loves that brand, it'll be interesting how they do with that in a crowded, large SUV market that, Everybody's trying to get a, a, a piece of with gas as cheap as it is right now. Uh, people are, uh, you know, rushing to develop these uh, and bring out these big SUVs, and they're trying to get a, a piece of that from the Ford Explorer and the, the Chevy Tahoe and uh, the GMC and uh, the Escalade and all of the different, uh, you know, just super large SUVs that you see out there. And, you know, you don't see as many of them now as you used to, but it's still a big market, and it is those in pickup trucks bring more profit into the automakers than just about anything else that they build, and that's why you're seeing cars, sedans, disappear. You're seeing sedans uh, go by the wayside because the money right now is in these big trucks. And it it always shocks me that so many people buy these things when there are greater, smaller alternatives available. But that's what people do. And, you know, it's hard to... uh, Hard to to argue with what the people want, right? Or at least that's what they say in uh, the, you know, what is it? There's a sucker born every minute. Well, you know, give the, oh, give the people what they want. 
that I think is what I was uh, what I was looking for. Give the people what they want. All right, time now for uh, and Nathan. I hope you're ready for this, but we're going to do our little um, one of my favorite segments of the show. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Well, thank you, Nathan. I will be happy to answer you. Nathan's so good. He's, like, ready. He's got all of the elements because, you know, he's working sometimes without a script, without a show sheet, without anything going on except my uh, crazy eccentricity and me not, you know, having a, a guest fall out before the show and, you know, kind of uh, flying by the seat of our pants here. But Nathan, Nathan is ready. He is a good young man, Nathan. And uh, this week, Nathan, and I didn't know this before we did this, but this week I am driving the Mazda 3, the 2020 Mazda 3. Uh, What a great car this is. I love this car, 186 horsepower in the hatchback that I'm driving. It is... Truly a, uh, you know, a premium small car. And I think one of the best ones out there. Uh, the interior is well done. It's comfortable. Uh, you can get into it and out of it without too much trouble. It's a hatchback, but it's designed more like a sports coupe, like almost like a little sports car. Uh, they drive spectacularly especially if you're one of those people that like being connected to the road. It's the, you know, I like in, in small cars, you know, in this $20,000 category, I always like the Volkswagens. Uh, I always, you know, like the Kias. But the Mazda really feels more connected to the road than, I don't know, maybe both of those. You know, the steering isn't as light. It has a, a feeling like you're driving a car. You feel the road in it. Uh, it uh, Their suspension is set up so that you, uh, when you go through curves with this car, it, uh, it rocks it. It does its job. And it is also a car that uh, is, is not like, you know, there's a million, I don't know, there's a million uh, Toyotas out there, a million Nissans, there's a million Volkswagens. The Mazda gives you something a little different to drive. Um, And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, now I'm driving an automatic, but I believe you can still get a manual in this car as well. And I love that. I think that that is, um, you know, when you buy one of these little cars... I really like the uh, the idea of you um, you know of you having a stick shift, the choice of a stick shift in these cars, and again, it really you know the Mazda you know touches that line. It is more luxurious feeling than the money you spend for the car. So that's what I'm driving this week. I'll give you a full review coming up. Uh, we'll um, we'll even ask Nathan to tell us about his car. Nathan, tell us about your car for a second. How do you like your Mazda? Well, I drive a 2017, so just a generation before the one you are currently going to be driving. But I thought it was a very spectacular, you know, interior of a car. And you talked about how it's a small vehicle. I'm a really tall person, and I probably have the most head and leg room in this car 
out of every competition in its class. So I'm really grateful for that part of it. But a uh, very luxurious feeling, uh, upscale, even though you're not driving a BMW or Audi, it feels like you are in one. And fun to drive, right? Absolutely. I mean, taking the corners, you feel very little shift in the centripetal g-forces due to their uh, g-vectoring control, which is a technology they got introduced in the generation that I got my Mazda 3, and they continue to have into the, in their cars. Yeah, I I, um, I, I love these. Uh, uh, I, I love them because they just represent to me uh, fun vehicles to drive. I, you know, I always like, I, I don't like boring cars to drive. I like fun cars. And when you have a chance to... Uh, you ask somebody who's had one, and again, yours is the earlier generation, but still, uh, you know, the basics are all there. Um, the newer generation, this 2020 that I'm driving, has a different look to it, but I think it's basically um, a new look, a little more horsepower, a bit of improved um, interior. But you know what they always say, ask the man who owns one. <laughs> when we come back... We got our, uh, our our song of the week, our cartoon of the week. We also still, I didn't forget you, we still got that um, that wonderful little card that I'm going to tell you about, that, that toy for your kids that you should be thinking about for Christmas coming up after a quick break. Bright new beginning to a beautiful 1968. Chevrolet's Impala Sport Coupe. Dramatically new, distinctively styled. What strikes you first is the beautiful harmony of line. Every curve, every sweep is clean and compatible. Modern, fresh design. And inside, Chevrolet remembers your comfort with new colors, new fabrics, new instrument panel. Security, too, with the proved GM energy-absorbing steering column, new side marker lights. Impala 68, unforgettably beautiful right back to its new recessed taillights. Impala, America's favorite car, is at your Chevrolet dealers, who reminds you, be smart, be sure, buy Chevrolet. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. All right, back with you on Drive Time Radio, New York, Vinny, hanging with you. It is a Saturday morning. We are rolling through our hour of automotive excellence. Drive Time Radio. Coming up, we'll have a review, a look at, a jaunt in. We call it our Drive Time Radio road test. Coming up in just a few minutes, we will uh, take you into the Honda Insight. And if you think you have insight into what this car is, you may want to listen to this. Because if you owned one a few years ago, uh, you don't own the same Insight that I drove. They've changed it radically. We'll give you the information on that coming up. Uh, a good car for those of you who are thinking hybrid. I wanted to um, tell you about, quickly before we do our cartoon, if you have forty-six grand sitting in your pocket, have I got a Christmas present for your kid for you? Oh, you're going to love this. You, you love that James Bond Goldfinger Aston Martin, right? That DB5. That was a great car, man. I mean, really, when you come down to it, that, that car. I mean, how many people fell in love 
with James Bond's cars. As a matter of fact, so many people fell in love with him that the factory, if you have enough money, you can actually call up at, well, I don't know if you can actually call them up anymore because I think they sold them out, but they're making a classic. They got the old guys down and everything, and they stamped out, I don't know how many of these that uh, they stamped out, but you can buy a James Bond edition Aston Martin DB5 that looks exactly like the one that uh, that from the Ian Fleming movies that Sean Connery drove in Goldfinger, and I think it even has like some of the stuff like the revolving license plates and the, oh, you know, some of the some of the wacky stuff. I don't know if it has the guns. I hope not. But but the um, let's say you want to turn your kid on to Goldfinger. Right, let's say you're sitting around at Christmas, you know, you're sitting there at Thanksgiving, and the kid says, Dad, you showed me Goldfinger, and I love it. Maybe six, seven, eight, ten years old, you know? Dad, I'd sure like something from Goldfinger for a Christmas present. Well, now, thanks to the little car company in Aston Martin, they got together, and they they constructed what they call the DB5 Junior. And this is a, a, a little version, a small, like, you know, you see those little Mustangs, little Corvettes. Well, this is a bit more elaborate than that, but it's a convertible version. The steering wheel is on the right side. This um, little electric DB5, this recharge, about a 6.7 horsepower electric motor and sufficient battery power to um, give it a 20-mile maximum range. Now, it has a novice mode that'll just um, limit the top speed at 12 miles per hour and a 100-foot operating radius. Uh, but if a jealous neighbor comes by and wants to steal it from you, it'll, uh, it'll stop the car. But... All functional Smith's gauges, a Smith's clock, a race mode that synchronizes the top speed of the DB5 Junior with any other of the little car companies other vehicles for a fair race. So if you want to build like a, a model of a, of a race course, uh, you know, on your farm or on your land, uh, you and the other rich kids in the neighborhood whose dads and moms are rich enough to buy them a $46,000 Christmas present, can ride along and hang out with each other. Now, you can get it in uh, Vantage spec, which would give it a limited slip differential, a carbon fiber body, a 40-mile range. And it is, uh, you know, you can get accessories for it and everything like that. Really, uh, a by the way, this is the same company that built the Bugatti Baby 2 a while back. And uh, the ordering started on August 27th. So, and there's only going to be a limited number. So if you go and look up the little car company on the Internet, you'll see the pictures of this thing. And um, if you go out and buy your kid one, you know, I got my little nephew, Joey, and my other little nephew, Matt. They have the little, uh, you know, the trucks, the little electric trucks. And it's so cool to see them driving those things because you know they're five years old six years old uh you know and and they're driving these little trucks 
You know how hard I had to ask my father to let me to get me a bicycle when I was five years old? <laughs> my bicycle's like 35 bucks. But I, I'm sending this to my brother, Dominic, hoping that uh, this might be something he'd like to buy, you know, for both of the kids. You get into it $130,000 and you got two of these things, uh, you would be the, the total envy of Staten Island. I guarantee you, the absolute envy of Staten Island, uh, having two of these things to, uh, well, having one of them would be enough, but having two of them, uh, believe you me, you'd have have the girls chasing you down the block with this thing. And by the way, it does have enough room in it for an adult and a child, so your youngster can take you for a ride for $65,000. I hope you're listening, Dominic. I hope that you're uh, you're thinking about it for uh, for our little for my little nephews, and they uh, they need something like this. I think. All right, what goes better with uh, talking about a car than talking about and listening to some music? This week, one of my favorites, man. I, you know, I listen to this song, and it, it could be in the middle of the winter, man. And I roll down my windows and crank up the radio and go cruising. In my automobile with the Starship. There you go. Our cartoon of the week. That is from the album Spitfire from Jefferson Starship. That was a follow-up to their uh, wildly successful Red Octopus that um, contained miracles and which uh, maybe the Jefferson Starship's um, iconic song of the middle 70s. This came out in... uh, June of 1976 in that crazy summer of 1976 that was, um, you know, you, you had just so much going on uh, that some of the bicentennial, you had people moving around the country, it was great, and a lot of car radios that were open. I, I, I spent uh, a lot of the summer of 1976 in Tucson, Arizona, and I remember this song uh, coming out of car windows all over the place along with, because um, that was before many cars had air conditioning in Tucson. I mean, it was, you know, there were car windows down and you could hear cruising. What was it, a couple of the other songs? The Starland Vocal Band and Afternoon Delight and Thin Lizzy with the boys are back in town. Um, uh, what was the other one? The Moonlight Feels Right. What was that? The Star... Starbuck, right? You had the Starland Vocal Band and Starbuck. You had Moonlight, Feels Right. Anyway, that was Cruising, written by Charles Hickox and Marty Balin, uh, the lead singer on that one. And, of course, uh, Jefferson Starship going through so many different um, configurations throughout the years and legal battles. Our favorite soap opera band uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, this lineup with Grace Slick and Marty Balin doing the lead vocals, Paul Cantner, the late Paul Cantner in there as well. And that is our cartoon of the week. Tune in every week for our little uh, quick uh, cartoon that we like to uh, spice up your Saturday morning with. We always get a chance to, uh, to, to bring you a little musical joy because what goes together better than cars and music. I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Remember, you can always contact us on Drive Time uh, simply by going to our Facebook page 
Our uh, Twitter page is uh, NYVinny. You can always get a hold of me there. Get a hold of me on our Facebook page at Drive Time Radio and TV. On uh, Facebook, I'm on Instagram. We put videos and stuff up of the interesting things that we see throughout the week. So by all means, if you uh, have an opportunity to uh, go there and keep up with us during the week, some of the things that you would have seen uh, if you had gone there during the week is uh, the uh, the premiere, I don't know if it's really a premiere, but at least a tease of the Chevy Bolt electric SUV that's coming down the pike. I think they call it an electric uh, activity vehicle or something like that. But the um, the new Bolt and the new um, EUV, electric utility vehicle, that they expect to compete with Mazda, uh, with, not with Mazda, excuse me, with Tesla, and uh, their Model Y is, uh, and, and also you still have, not only do you have the Tesla Model Y, but Volkswagen uh, announced this week that they're taking deposits on their ID4 electric vehicle that'll be here soon in Nissan and their Aria to, uh, uh, but the, the Chevy Bolt is the one uh, that I have driven, and I can tell you that it's, uh, you know, the, the Bolt, I've driven it a couple of times in New York City and here in, uh, in, in Seattle, and both times I've really loved this vehicle. Uh, you know, it's, it's again, the, the, uh, between the pricing, uh, which is reasonable, uh, the range, which is over 250 miles, almost 300 in some cases, and the comfort uh, that you get out of this vehicle, I think it's something that you take a look at if you're looking for an electric vehicle. And we'll, uh, as soon as we see uh, a little bit more on the Bolt, we'll let you know. All right, time now for, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, our Drive Time Radio Road Test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, this week we talk about uh, one of uh, the cars that I was really excited to drive, the Honda Insight. Now, if you're familiar with the Honda Insight, you know that over the years... Uh, it has had a couple of different configurations. It was uh, back in 2010. Uh, you know, originally when, uh, you know, the Prius came out, the Honda was, Insight was uh, Honda's answer to the Prius. And uh, it looked like a, a sports car for a while. Uh, it's a very distinct car. This one loses the distinction. They just uh, put it out after a five-year hiatus last year in 2019. Uh, the one I tested was a 2020, and it, uh, from the outside, it doesn't give you a distinct look of a hybrid car. You know, one of the things about driving a hybrid is that people that buy these cars want to want you to know that they're driving a hybrid. They want you to know that they're doing their part to bring down uh, the carbon equation that they're trying to 
uh, you know, do what they they can in their vehicle choices uh, to, you know, make us energy independent and to, uh, you know, use electricity, more electricity, less gas. And the Honda Insight uh, does that for them. Certainly the mileage figures uh, brings them up, uh, and we'll get to those in a minute. So from the outside, uh, the Honda looks like a Honda. It's um, somewhat distinguishable from the Civic and other models, uh, but really it, it carries the uh, the Honda facade in the front. It uh, is a car that uh, that doesn't really stand out all that much from the other Hondas. You'd be you'd have to really kind of look at it. Um, then, you know, look at it and say, okay, that's, that's you know, that's the hybrid. you got to look for the badges. But be that as may, the Honda's a handsomely styled car. People that drive them love them. There's also a Honda Accord hybrid that costs more than the Insight. Uh, but it's, uh, the gas mileage isn't as enough, but it has a, a stronger engine, quicker acceleration, uh, that's maybe where the hybrid fails a little bit on the acceleration part. We'll get to the engine in a minute. The interior seats up to five people. Uh, the rear seat headroom is a little bit limited because, and I had to model with the moon roof, and the moon roof slides back, and the roof is lower because of that. But great seats, very comfortable. Uh, the uh, quality of the interior is near the top. It's probably not the best in the class, but it certainly is acceptable and again if you're buying one of these cars and you got kids you know uh, are you looking for an interior that you can clean well an interior that it has soft surfaces on it an interior that you can latch your car seats into easily you know what are you looking for that's what you have to ask yourself when you go out to buy one of these cars how much does the luxury of the interior and i'm not saying that the insight doesn't have a luxurious a luxurious interior what I'm saying is is that it may not be as luxurious as other cars in the class. It's still very, very good. It's still got nice, soft surfaces in it. It's what you would expect out of a Honda. Not an Acura, but a Honda. 15.1 cubic feet of space in the trunk. A lot of room for a compact car in there. You can stick a lot of luggage, a lot of toy chests, a lot of things in this car. The infotainment system is a very, very easy one. The car I had, the premium, had the hotspot. You have Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, navigation, voice recognition, um, the Wi-Fi hotspot, and a premium auto system, uh, a premium audio system, I should say, in this car. And it is comfortable to get in and out of, you know, I, I go big guy comfortable And although it's a little low to the ground, it's definitely not hard to get in and out of uh, the uh, hybrid hybrid, uh, Insight. Gas, the engine, 51 horsepower. You got the four-cylinder engine. You got an electric motor. Put them together. You get uh, 151 horsepower. You got the CVT, the continuously variable automatic transmission in there as well. It's powerful enough. It gets on the freeway. I took it for a ride uh, up to the Canadian border and back and around our regular course out to Darrington and up the uh, up the route there. And 
I found it to have ample acceleration for anything I wanted to do with it. Is it a speedster? No. Is it a you know a Porsche? No. Is it a car that's going to get you and your family safely where you want to go? Ah, yes, it will. A relaxed ride, nice, um, you know, very good handling car. Again, it's a hybrid. The tires kind of take a little bit of the handling away. It has a regenerative braking system. You can adjust it with paddles on the steering wheel. Uh, you can, it's a front-wheel drive. You can't get all-wheel drive in this thing, but it, uh, you know, it, it is sufficient with the front-wheel drive. It handles well even in the rain on wet surfaces. I found this car to be uh, quite easy to maneuver. As far as the crash test, I haven't seen a result on it yet for the 2020 Insight. The 2019 Insight, though, was a top safety pick plus designation and a high rating, as most Honda cars really are. The mileage on this thing was uh, 53 miles per gallon. It broke the 50-mile-per-gallon barrier. And, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're, use, and you're using this car and you're, you're worried about gas mileage, you're getting, you know, you're, you're going to get it. it. It may be the best at gas mileage in the class. Uh, when you break 50, you're doing something. And a Honda Insight breaks, I think it was 52 53 it's, it's at, on one tank at and, and one point. You get three trim models on this thing. I drove the Touring, which had um, all of the good stuff in it, all the safety stuff in it, 10-speaker premium audio system, um, steering wheel wrapped in leather, leather upholstery, pa- heated and power-adjustable seats, all the safety equipment that you could uh, think of, the front braking, the uh, Distronic uh, cruise control, all of the different uh, safety factors, the backup cameras, the uh, pedestrian safety stuff, blind spot monitoring, all of that stuff. It has that little nifty Honda thing that you click and it shows you your blind spot on the right side, uh, which I always think is a great thing. 28340 is the base price of the Insight. You add some of the goodies on there, and you get it to $30,000 pretty easily. But I found the Honda Insight to be in the top tier of the hybrid vehicles that you can go out and buy. You can drive a hybrid almost anonymously if that's what you want to do. And that is our drive time road test of the week and that's also going to wrap it up for us for this edition of drive time as well we thank you so much for listening we thank nathan as well for making everything click on the other end i will join you next saturday morning at eight o'clock for a special labor day edition of an american tribute to an american workhorse the pickup truck right here on 1150 kknw